guys, we're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. And tonight kicks off season three of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play presented by Eat Sleep Golf. And I am pumped because we've got a lot of good guests already dialed in for season three. Like this is the first episode of the season and we're already booking into April and May. So it's going to be a busy season. Got a lot of changes as I shared with you in the teaser last week about the show. One of the things was the wireless headphones. Yeah, they weren't working. So I'm just kicking old school here with the wires, you know, I mean, but I'm trying to get too tech, you know, too savvy with the, uh, the wireless headphones, but we got a big guest tonight. Big brand. We have Eric Hendrickson with us from Ping, and this guy is dialed in is the easiest way to put it. We're going to talk more about everything that he's doing at Ping. He's been with Ping for a long time. He's a PhD, so he obviously knows what's going on, and it was funny. I was joking with Scott from Eat Sleep Golf if we had tested, and he said, oh, no, he doesn't need to. He's fine. He's an engineer, and or he's, a, he's got a PhD. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah, and then you get on, and I couldn't hear you, so, you know, that's how it works, but... <laughs> It's, it happens. it's going to be a fun season, and I'm excited to kick it off with Ping. Ping, as you know, is a humongous brand. They've kind of kind of set the bar for club fitting, and this guy is doing more than just working with club fitting. Like He's got a pretty cool title. So versus me trying to explain what you do and what your role is at Ping, welcome to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Thanks, Ricky. Um, yeah, so I'm the director of innovation and testing, uh, and uh, I've been in that role for actually just a couple months. Um, and uh, basically, what I do is I oversee the innovation group, uh, and then the testing group. Those are both located in kind of the engineering department. And so, innovation is responsible for uh, developing uh, technologies that the designers then feed into uh, our designs, as well as um, kind of fill in the knowledge gaps that we have with golf physics and golf science. Um, and then the testing groups uh, are responsible for testing everything from the R&D prototypes to um, stuff that's about to come to market. Everything, uh, you know, durability through performance evaluation and, and benchmarking. So this is a pretty fun job and yeah, I feel pretty blessed to be able to do what I do. So. Well, and you know, it's funny we were talking before we went uh, went live here that you're, you're in Scottsdale, right? So, and I'm from Scottsdale. I can't say I'm from Scottsdale because I was only there for five years, but I liked it so much. I like to tell people that I'm kind of from there part time. <laughs> but um, you know, Ping is such a big brand. And I, you know, what's funny? I lived in Scottsdale for five years, and I never knew where Ping was. And there's not even an address on the Ping website. Like you guys are like hidden. So, how did you get started with Ping, and what has your journey been with from? day one to what you are now. I've noticed that you've had a handful of different positions over the years. So what's that journey been like for you? Yeah. So, um, I started working at Ping. I was actually finishing up my PhD, um, when I started, um, and I never thought I'd be in the golf industry. Um, so my background is aerospace engineering, um, and came time to kind of write my dissertation and finish up and saw that there's a position over at Ping, and the innovation group, which, uh, you know, seemed to fit my skills a little bit, but, um, you know, I felt like I had a lot to offer, um, just kind of coming from a different background. Um, so I came in as a research engineer uh, about eight years ago. Um, so started in 2010 and, uh, yeah, just kind of been involved in innovation the whole time and then have taken on kind of some other bits, uh, you know, was the head of fitting science for a little bit. So really focused on kind of advancing our fitting philosophies and developing technologies to kind of aid, uh, aid our fitters and our accounts in the fitting environment. Um, and then just started managing the, the innovation group and then kind of now taking on a role of overseeing a little bit of the testing as well. So, um, you know, it, it came in, um, 
you know, not really knowing what to expect. Um, I knew a lot about Ping as a company, and I knew that, uh, you know, they had a lot of a lot of solid values or built on a really good foundation. My grandfather was a Norwegian engineer. So he was always telling me about Karsten. Um, and so, you know, when I came in and interviewed, I came away just really stoked and, and hoping I'd have an opportunity to, uh, to come on board. And sure enough, I, I had the opportunity. So uh, been a lot involved in a lot of different things, get to work with a lot of uh, really bright, and um, you know, cool people. So that's really cool. So speaking of Karsten, have you played ASU Karsten, the golf course right there at ASU? Yeah. So I've played Karsten a, a number of times. It's actually been been a while. And then it uh, kind of looks like ASU is going to be moving over to Papago and uh, might be some other plans for ASU Karsten. But uh, I have a lot, of, a lot of good memories uh, of the course. And uh, yeah, both. I mean, I did my grad work over at ASU and, uh, you know, spent some time on the course there. And um, yeah, so it's a, it's a nice track. So they were closing when I was there over a year ago. So I'm not, nice to see that the course is at least still open, but the rumors have, have, uh, been spread, but Papago is a fantastic golf course. That's one of my favorite golf courses in Scottsdale. So it's okay that there are, that's a hard golf course too. It's a lot harder than Karsten. So that'll make, make those players even, even better. So yeah, the, you talk about testing, a lot of tour pros, both LPGA, PGA, et cetera, tour pros playing ping. Are you personally and your team working with those tour players or are they providing feedback that you take as a part of the innovation for the next products? Kind of what's that relationship like? Yeah. So we, we get a lot of feedback from the tour staff. I think, um, you know, when we have a particular prototype uh, that we're looking to evaluate, we'll try and get it uh, in front of those guys and get some feedback as early as possible. Um, our design team probably has the most kind of, um, intimate relationship with our tour staff of the engineering department because um, they're the ones really putting you know those subtle touches on the designs making sure it suits the players eyes um, and for us we're you know kind of bigger technologies so new materials you know I remember one of my first projects was turbulators that you saw on the g30 like I had bondoed these features onto like an old g15 driver and taken that out and we had a bunch of tour players hit it just to see if they saw features like that on a crown, like what would they just reject it right away or, you know, would they be okay with it? So it's really helpful to get that early feedback, both from an aesthetic standpoint with the technology as well as performance. Um, and that helps really dial in um, a technology uh, that we're currently evaluating, but also helps govern what we look into uh, in the future. So the type of, we call them like strategic pathways. So, um, the things we focus our efforts on and the problems that we're trying to solve uh, for for golfers of all ability levels, including including the tour staff. So that's really cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's some big names that play ping. So Bubba being one of them. And, yeah. you know, he's he's uh, the, the pink shaft and played a pink baller earlier this year. So that's pretty cool. Now, everybody knows the ping putting lab. What is that and where is that? Like, I've never been there, but I've got, you know, all my buddies that are in the business have got pictures in the the room with the putters all around them. Like what is the putting lab first off and where the, where the heck is it? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's actually located right in the heart of the engineering department. So, um, you know, Ping's got a pretty big campus. Karsten started, uh, you know, it's kind of 19th Ave in Peoria is the, is the area. And he had one building there. And then as the company grew, he just kept buying adjacent buildings and now it's a, a pretty big campus. And so, um, you know, where Pingman is or gold putter vault, our tour department, uh, and then our test range are all kind of located um, right in the same area. 
Um, and so that, that putting lab is right in the middle of kind of the engineering department. And so uh, we use that to do a lot of our testing. Uh, so it's outfitted with all sorts of cameras and, and, and devices to help measure uh, what's going on with the putter. Um, and, uh, and so we do our testing in there, but we also fit, uh, you know, VIP guests, um, and, you know, our tour players in that lab. So it's got a big old, you know, 40 foot long slab of granite, um, that, uh, you know, is basically super flat. Um, and so we use that to kind of, you know, uh, as a, as a bit of a, you know, testing, uh, surface to, to really dial in somebody and we have, you know, some overhead cameras that can actually track the putt uh, down the length of the table. And we can create little kind of dispersions for, for different putters, uh, you know, looking at distance control. Um, and then we use we use iPing, which is our um, our app uh, for we use an iPod touch and we use that as, as a baseline for every fitting. Um, and then cameras, we use uh, kind of a Quintic system to look at roll. Um, we have, again, all the different putting technologies we have and we use kind of different elements depending on what we're trying to do. And then we also have a lower putting green. Uh, so you don't have those kind of tram lines on the big table. So people can kind of go down and, you know, take some putts with a little bit of break. Um, so it's a really sweet, uh, it's probably my favorite place on, on campus or one of them at least. And it's gone through quite a bit of a run out of the last two years. We've been, we actually raised the back of the room up. So it's at the same level as a granite table. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of redid the, the area. We have a, uh, a board with all the major wins for men's and women's, which is pretty sweet to look at and just kind of see who's won majors with ping putters, you know, going back to the sixties. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of history, um, that we've been able to put on the walls because, it's, you know, ping's got a pretty rich history when it comes to putters and, um, you know, what, what Karsten established back in the day, we're continuing to try and, you know, forge forward and, and help people enjoy the game more. So that's awesome. Well, for what it's worth, I have a ping putter grip on my putter and I just, I am obsessed with that putter grip. And so is it a PP 58? You know, I see tiger on your, on your wall there. So you channel on your, you know, okay. I mean, it, you, you and I just met tonight. The blackout. <laughs> you know, I, mine's not blacked out. Cause I, I, oh, okay. I, I will, I'll do that as soon as I get to the office tomorrow. I am Tiger's biggest fan, um, self-proclaimed. And if you could see around me, he's everywhere. I mean, to the point that this is actually good, good timing. I got a decal for my car that is literally of Tiger. Nice. Like, it's disgusting. Like, <laughs> biggest fan, like, wouldn't believe. So, I mean, the putter, and I do like that putter grip, though. Like, I'd like being able to be able to feel, feel the shaft. I mean, it's just, it's so thin and it just fits my hands. And I've been through probably 15 of those grips, so. It's it's crazy to think like just how much Karsten, you know, the shape of that grip was even something that Karsten had kind of engineered based on, you know, some some philosophies that he had and kind of coming out of the balnamic shaft that ended up ultimately being um, kind of banned by the USGA. He ended up creating a grip to try and get some of that same, uh, you know, his conceptual framework for how a putter was supposed to feel. He incorporated that into a grip. So pretty this is stuff i don't even know when i start working at pinning you start hearing these stories and you're like wow that's incredible he was thinking of that stuff back back then so yeah that's really cool how many people work for ping i mean it's a huge company right but how many people are on staff yeah so we have about i think it's between 800 and 900 people uh in phoenix and a lot of that is uh so we do all of our own assembly in the states 
so, you know, we'll, we'll bring in shafts, grips, heads, and all that. But all that assembly happens on campus so we can custom build everything. Um, so we have a big assembly staff and then, you know, Phoenix's headquarters. So um, all of our engineering is done there. And then, you know, we have a kind of sales and marketing that handle the U.S. And then we have a couple of offices that are uh, – we have Ping Europe located over uh, in Gainsborough over in the U.K., uh, we have Ping Japan over in Japan that, you know, helps handle Asia and then a number of other small offices uh, around the world. But Ping, the main campus is between 800 and 900 employees. So not only do I love the grip, the Ping Hoofer bag might be the single best golf bag ever. Like high school and college teams use it. Like, is that the bag you're carrying? And what makes that bag so darn good? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm playing a Hoofer light right now. So um, yeah, and I when I started playing golf, that was the first bag I got. It was a uh, I went to Horizon High School here uh, in the Valley, and uh, their their colors were gold and and green. So I got a nice dark green ping hoofer, um, and you know first stand bag uh, out there. And so I think that in itself, uh, you know, makes it pretty special. And we put a lot of engineering into it, and uh, our soft kids guys are still looking for ways to innovate, looking for different ways to not only, you know, save weight, but ergonomics, you know, how, how does somebody interact with a bag? How can we make it more comfortable and, uh, you know, help people enjoy their day on the course a little bit more. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we work really hard, uh, at the soft goods, uh, side of things. And the hoofer is a good example of, of the hard work that we put on, on, on that side of the business. That's awesome. Such a good bag. I had, Three in high school, two in college, and I still, I, I think I still have them, like, at my house in Indiana, like, I just, I, it's so good, I can hear, I mean, they're, they're old, and I'm never going to use them again, but I just keep them for, for old time's sake. So, the PGA show was just a few weeks ago here in Orlando, Florida. Did you get a go, and what are some of the things that Ping has kind of, kind of dialed in for 2018? Yeah, so, uh, I was there, uh, I think it was maybe my seventh show, sixth or seventh show, so, at some point it just you kind of forget what year it is and it all kind of yeah merges into one you kind of forget which year is which but um yeah this year is exciting so we had a, a couple products that we uh introduced we had the g700 irons um so that's uh you know an iron where we took uh the g400 crossover some of the design elements of that club and incorporated them into a full set of irons uh really use the chassis of a g400 iron um, so a slightly oversized iron, um, and, and, um, basically created a, a set that, you know, creates a lot of ball speed, uh, some really high trajectories and incredibly forgiving. So I think we're, they're, it's, they're incredibly fun to hit. Um, and I actually just put a four iron from the set of my bag. Um, I'm pretty excited to go out and use that. And, uh, and so, um, uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of good response, uh, from the g700 during the show uh we also came out with the g400 max so that's an addition to the g400 uh, line of drivers so um, we introduced the the first three models over the summer and then the g400 max is a fourth model that comes into that family um some uh, uh an addition to the glide 2.0 wedge family um so it's the glide 2.0 stealth so that's a a, a black kind of rich flat black finish uh it's called qpq um and uh and then we also had a new line of milled putters the vault 2.0 which uh 
um, is uh, I think I mentioned the the gold putter vault. So uh, a, a line that's really based off of a lot of the more popular models that we find in the gold putter vault. So um, pretty excited to introduce those at the show and uh, had a lot of great feedback and um, yeah, there's some good buzz at the show. So um, definitely, uh, definitely always a, a good, but busy and I'd say overstimulating week. Um, good way to look every, at it. everybody had uh, lost their voice by the end, but, um, uh, but yeah. Now, if you've been to the show that many times, I've been five or six times, so I, I can totally relate to what's, what you're saying. What's your favorite restaurant on iDrive? Like there's so many good places to eat right there by Ooh. the convention center, but what's your favorite? You got to go to? Man. Um, <laughs> I like that's like the hardest question that I've asked you. <laughs> yeah. So, um. I mean, we always end up, so we end up, Ping ends up staying like way off of I drive. So we're, we're down like in Champions Gate. Um, and wow, so we're near the convention center. No. So it's like a 30 minute drive. So we get a bunch of places out there. Um, I think on I drive, man, there's like, was it Moonfish or something? Or I don't know that one. So there's a, there's Bonefish. Mm-hmm. And I got this confused because there's like Bonefish <laughs> and then like, I don't know, fish bone. And there's two different restaurants. So there's one that I really didn't like. And there's another one that actually I did like. Well, bonefish and, uh, is good. That's a chain. Those, okay. I, I, yeah, bonefish is solid. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's a tough question. We always end up at like a Miller's Ale House or something. Yeah, I mean, that's, you can't go wrong with them, especially during that time of year. Like that's that's a good place to go. And there's, a, yeah. there's another one that's down the street for Miller's Ale House, maybe – quarter of a mile on the other side of the street that's it's like that but it's like a like a fancy miller's ale house okay i can't i i can never remember the name of it but it's awesome it's just there's there's another like british uh british pub place down there that i really like too um all right it's kind of in one of those kind of areas where there's a bunch of restaurants or whatever yeah i can't remember the name of it but um but yeah um Number of good places down on I Drive. So that's awesome. That stinks that you stay so far away, though. That you gotta. Stay yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's we stay at a really nice place, but I think it's a it's a good spot when you have such a big group of people yeah. to uh, you know, kind of get off the international drive and get away from it a little bit, and um, makes for you know some long days. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a again, it's a fun week. So obviously paying and club fitting go hand in hand. How important is the club fitting process to putting a golfer into the perfect set of clubs? Like I've always said that I will never buy another club that I'm not fit for. And I just recently went through a fitting for a new set of clubs and like, it's neat to see the kind of the details and the numbers and the track band data and, you know, the dispersion and, you know, club head speed, ball speed that's coming from an iPad, quite frankly. But how, how important is the club fitting process to putting a player into the right set of pin clubs? Well, I mean, obviously at Ping, we, we feel it's it's pretty important if you want to, particularly if you want to extract all the performance that 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 is there uh, and available to you through the product, right? Um, if you don't want to come in and not leave anything on the table, like, let's get fit. Because um, a lot of times there's, there's a lot of gains that can be, uh, you know, left untapped um, if you just go in and pull something off the shelf. I mean... Uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, with our designs and engineering our clubs. Um, and, you know, a lot of guys can go in and pull them off the rack and they're going to perform really well. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd never go through and, and buy something off the rack knowing what I know and, and, and what kind of performance you could leave on the table by doing that. Um, and we spent a lot of time, um, you know, I've wrote a couple articles for different 
blogs and things like that kind of showing the type of gains you can you know you can kind of miss out on i mean with the driver we see an average of you know people coming in comparing what they're currently playing to a fit club um you know 10 yards on average with a driver and you know uh, that with like a seven iron as well um and uh and not to mention like you know uh tightening up uh variability and, and what we call dispersion so just how repeatable can you execute a shot um and uh it's you know a really important thing if you're really serious about the investment uh in your equipment and serious about your game um and again that's why we put a lot of time into it because we know it's an important piece of uh of you know somebody who's wanting to play their best and, and wanting to go out and uh really you know take their game to the next level so where can someone find a ping certified club fitter is there a place on the website they just call golf golf galaxy and say hey can you fit me for clubs like what's the what's the preferred way to find a club fitter for these these clubs yeah so um you know if you're listening you're just kind of out wondering where where to get fit for ping clubs the best place is to go to ping.com and if you go under fitting uh you'll be able to find a list of all of our accounts that that do uh ping fittings um that's the best place to get started find somebody that's close to you and uh you know go in and, and tell them what you're looking for and what you're trying to accomplish with your uh with your game um, that's probably the best way to go about it for Phoenix. Um, we've got a couple uh, performance centers set up, one out of Kierland. I'm sure you're familiar with Kierland. Another out uh, on the west side. So those are great places to go get fit if you're in the valley. Um, and, you know, those are just ping specific fitting centers. And then obviously there's there's a lot of multi-OEM accounts that, uh, that do ping fittings as well. So. So does ping certified club fitters then? Can you become a ping certified club fitter? Is that something yep. that you guys yep. do? Yeah, so we do quite a bit of training. We have uh, a full kind of ping academy that's online to help train our fitters. Um, and then, you know, uh, various times we do some account visitations. So we'll bring fitters in uh, to, to visit the plant, do a bit of training, um, understand a bit more of the, the ping story because um, it's, you know, it's an incredible story. Um, and actually see, you know, we still have a foundry here in Phoenix um, that, uh, that does some castings for us. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just, you know, it's cool to be on campus. But we have everything from kind of online training to, to on-campus training to help equip our fitters and become, you know, kind of certified ping, uh, ping fitters. So I mentioned Bubba, Tony Fanal just signed with Ping. What other tour players, both on all tours? I mean, you guys are in Japan and you're in Europe, obviously, but in the United States, LPGA, PGA, et cetera. What are some other big names that you guys are working with right now? Yeah, so on the LPGA, I mean, Brooke Henderson, uh, you know, has has been playing incredibly well uh, on the LPGA. Uh, you know, incredible, uh, incredible person. Um, so really excited. Obviously, Tony, you know, that was that was big for us, um, you know, kind of made that announcement uh, last week before the Phoenix Open. Um, you know, incredible guy, really good fit for the brand. Um, we got a lot of good guys over on the European tour. Um, so Terrell Hatton, um, you know, right now he's, I think, our highest ranked in the world rankings. Um, number of wins over on the European tour and been in contention a number of times, you know, through events here on the uh, – on the PGA side. Um, and then our Japan staff is doing really well too. So, um, we got a lot to be excited about. We got a lot of young guys, Austin cook. Um, and, uh, you know, um, uh, who else we got, um, drawing a blank. Um, 
Uh, brain fart. Too late. It's past my bedtime, man. <laughs> Hang on. Wait a minute. You're three hours behind me. It's past my bedtime. I'm only two hours. It's like 8.30 over here. Oh, right okay. Now. Sorry. Right. Then, uh, that makes – all right. That, I'll allow that. What's funny, though, is, is I need to figure out a way to change that vernacular because this the show used to be live in the evenings on Wednesdays, but now they're being – released at 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays. So it's like, yes, they're pre-recorded, but they're still yeah. live. And you can tell that in the way that we've had a couple of those gaps in the brain farts. So I don't yeah. quite have the Seamus power. Seamus power. That's the name I was looking for. There you go. It was there buried. But uh, um, yeah, so Steven Yeager, he's another guy he came up through web.com. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of people we're pretty excited about on the, on our tour staff and uh, you know, see what the year ends up kind of shaping up to be for them. So. So Scott Stevens from Eat Sleep Golf always sends in a bunch of good questions, and I've been going through some of them tonight, not giving him credit. I'm trying to get away from him basically writing all of the questions. So Scott, keep up the good work, but you're you're you got a good one here, and I'm gonna have to read this one because it's about a paragraph long. But Scott said that he heard you speak about uh, testing and development, specifically around the acoustics created from the driver. Can you talk about that process and what kind of sounds you were trying to create? and how you make that happen. And I love that question because I've hit drivers before where I hit it one time. I'm like, nope, I yeah. like the sound. Talk about that. Yeah, I know. Sound is really important, uh, particularly when it comes to the player's experience and what they perceive. Um, and so we knew that was a, an area where um, we had some just knowledge gaps. And so we spent a lot of time over the past couple of years uh, really improving our ability to model uh, sound. Um, and so for a while we could do something called a modal analysis, which kind of shows you how something vibrates, um, when excited. Um, and that could give you an idea of a little bit of what the sound might be. Um, but, uh, we took it a step further and got to a point where we could put a, a virtual prototype. So like a CAD model, um, and, 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 and run a simulation where a designer could put on headphones and actually hear what that, uh, what that prototype would sound like. Um, and so we could then use that to start dialing in the sound. We can understand what parts of the club uh, were leading to maybe a, something that was a little pitchy or, you know, something that was a little loud um, and start to, to strategically place uh, some, some, you know, internal geometry to really tune the sound to get something that was, you know, sounded powerful and, and, and pleasing. And so with the G400 uh, line, um, you know, we spent a lot of time dialing that in. Um, I think the, the first three models, so the standard, the LS tech and the, and the F, SF tech, um, you know, those have a, a very distinct sound and the G max has a sound of its own as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a big kind of initiative in the innovation group for the last couple of years, really trying to improve our sound. And I, you know, and I think there's, there's still a lot that we have to learn, um, in, in that, in that realm um, of acoustics, not just with, uh, with metal woods, but, you know, through all clubs. Um, and so we're continuing to kind of advance our understanding of, uh, of sound and, and acoustics and uh, trying to, you know, further our ability to kind of develop techniques and, and build that solid knowledge base uh, to, uh, to innovate and, and, and find new ways to, to create sounds that people enjoy. That's awesome. 
Well, I didn't tell you before we went live, this was going to fly by, and we only got time for a couple more questions, but we got to make sure we jump to the back nine. So in season three, the back nine is going to keep going. That's That might be my favorite segment of this show. The more we do them, I'm going to try to get more creative with the questions in the back nine. Right. But well, the back questions. nine's like where my round usually falls apart, so we'll see <laughs> oh, how no, this goes. That. <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite. I'll play bad on the front and then play great on the back nine. There we go. All right. So uh, what does the process look like for developing and testing new equipment? Like, are are you building the clubs and testing them, or can you do a lot of that with computer simulation? Um, it's a little bit of both. We always start out um, using the, the the tools that we have uh, uh, to, to simulate and to understand how something's going to perform uh, to the best of our ability virtually before we spend time uh, prototyping. And then um, once we prototype, then it can be you know something with full new casting, or it can be a modification of you know, an existing design depending on the technology that we're trying to incorporate. Um, and then we would do a mix of robot testing. Uh, you know, we're talking just a club technology, robot testing, player testing. Um, and then, you know, maybe some other, you know, testing on, uh, you know, for durability, if that's a concern, or um, maybe spend some time in Enzo, which is our motion capture system um, that might give us some information that we're looking for. And so, um, you know, it's a good mix of, of the physical prototyping and the virtual prototyping. And then, then we go and, and start to work alongside our testing department to kind of evaluate the performance and see if we can extract the insights that we're looking to extract and, and, and achieve the performance that we're setting out to achieve. So it's a really fun process. And, uh, I wish, uh, I had a lot of failures in my time at Ping and my relatively short time at Ping, but, um, you know, those are the things you learn from and we've had some successes too. So, uh, so yeah, it's a fun process. That's awesome. Well, Hey, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show tonight. This has been awesome. But like I said, we got to jump into this back nine. The first question, I mean, the city of Phoenix and Scottsdale is buzzing right now. Phoenix open. Did you go to the Phoenix open this year? I did. And actually, believe it or not, it was my first time going to the Phoenix open on a tournament day. I had been like on a Monday during the Monday pro-am and stuff, but I'd always stayed away just because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that kind of gets, you know, fear of crowds or whatever. So I was like, man, do I ever really want to go out there? So uh, I went out there uh, with my boss, Paul Wood. We took uh, Friday afternoon and went out, followed Tony uh, around a little bit, which was fun, and a couple other guys. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty crazy. So, I mean, once you get away from, you know, the, the hub of kind of 16, 17, and 18, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like a golf tournament. Still not – Still got a still got its own character even away from uh, 16 through 18, but uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a struggle getting in, um, and it's a party. I mean, you you don't know if you're at a golf tournament or out at one of the you know downtown Scottsdale at <laughs> one of the nightclubs or something. So uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun though, and uh, you know it's I think it's really good for golf. I I don't know if it's everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's you know to have a tournament like that that just you know, clearly there's some players who really enjoy it and there's other players who, you know, maybe not as much, but Hey, I think it just, it's, it's nice to have a tournament with some character out there and obviously the attendance and, you know, people turning, tuning in on TV, uh, kind of are a testament to that. I think it's a tournament people get excited for every year. Um, and so props to waste management and the, and the open for, you know, building something that was, that's special. So, um, I know there's a lot of guys who look forward to it every year. So, what so golf you, ball? You, go ahead. 
Did you go out a couple times where you're living out oh, here? Yeah. So we just live we, out there. We literally, we lived like green one street, our apartments for the first three years. And oh. we, we had a house the last two years, but we went every year, volunteered for shot link. And the last couple of years, it was like, oh, I gotta go working Saturday. Like it was cool to like be there. Like, but, I mean, be inside the ropes. Right. Like, I don't know if I could go and deal with the crazies, the 216,000 people that were there this year on Saturday. Like it's, I don't know. I, it's it's fun, but it's it's a once one time a year kind of a thing though. Like yeah. everybody was talking on Twitter, like, oh, we gotta have four or five of these a year. And I'm like, no, we get one, and you're lucky you get the one. But yeah. it's, but yeah, it uh, it's a it's a hoot. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> what, Even if you're not at the Yells Nest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what golf ball are you currently playing? Um, so I go back and forth between a Snell uh, and a Pro V One X. So um, I kind of have. I have a couple dozen of each right now and, um, you know, been kind of going back and forth with the Snell. Um, you know, it's, uh, definitely a, uh, little bit, you know, a little bit more affordable, but, uh, from a performance standpoint, um, you know, it, it performs really well, uh, up against the Pro V1X. Um, we do a lot of our testing with the Pro V1X, uh, at Ping, um, when we're kind of testing that premium category of ball, um, uh, but, uh, I also play a Snell, uh, periodically. So I got a sleeve on my desk and I haven't hit it yet, but that's good to know. So I might have to bring it out this weekend. Give him a go. What is your favorite golf movie? Favorite golf movie? Um, I would have to say Caddyshack. I, I, I you probably get that prob you know, every time I've yet to watch, uh, there's a recent movie, uh, that just came out. Uh, it's called like the, I don't know. Um. Uh, yeah, it was you know the it was like a gambling golf movie or something. Oh, it's good. It's um, actually really good. Yeah, I don't who's in that. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I can't either. But um, it's a good movie. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Caddyshack definitely. I mean, that's I saw that kind of growing up, and um, you know, there's just something about Bill Murray and 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 Rodney Dangerfield, and just the you know the good mix of kind of you know, having fun with the game of golf that I think, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people that take the game maybe a bit too seriously, me being one of them at times. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a good movie to just show, Hey, this is, this game is a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, so don't take it too seriously. So who is in your perfect foursome? Perfect foursome. Oh goodness. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think, uh, right now I'd love to play with Alex Noren. That guy just crushes it. Um, and so it'd be incredible to have him, uh, in the foursome. I think just, man, if you're thinking golfers, it would be, all right, well then get Tiger and Jack out there and just, you, you know, sit back and, and, and kind of watch. So I think right now I'd, one of the guys I didn't get to see Alex out at the, uh, um, at the open, um, you know, last week. So having those three guys in around right now off the top of my head would be, uh, probably the best, but, uh, I have a feeling if I thought about that question for a couple of days, I could come up with a number of different foursomes that, uh, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, that I want to want to put together, so. but what's yeah, that? Tigers in Tiger was in there, so we're good. That's yeah, good. well, I mean, come on. It was it was fun to see him back and, um, you know, 
he's a guy that, I mean, just the the fight that he showed kind of through his rounds at Tory, you know, just that. Um, I, I think you know it's going to be an interesting couple of years if he uh, if he stays healthy and you know, I just I think the guys you know the guys out there now seem like they're actually having too much fun. And I just talked about having fun, but these guys yeah. are out there trying to win tournaments. I'm like, you guys are too good of friends. Tiger went out there and he's like. I'm, I'm going to punish each and every one of you. And during like a tournament, it was like, I'm kicking your, you yes. know what? Yes. And there's intimidation and, and you could see that kind of just the way he carried himself at Torrey. And um, it'll be really exciting to see, you know, if the game comes together and he stays healthy, um, you know, what he does um, over the next couple of years. So it could be really, really, really exciting and really good for golf. I think. Where are you playing this weekend? Where am I playing this weekend? Yeah. Uh, probably, so uh, I play out of Moon Valley a lot. Um, so that would be where I go out. Um, I might only get out for maybe nine holes. Um, it's tough to, you know, I got two little ones. So um, I actually took my my uh, my son, my oldest, uh, he's seven years old. I took him out for nine holes on Sunday, which was which is fun. But uh, I might be able to, my wife's got some activities this weekend. So that usually means I could kind of, you know, make a case for letting me go out with the with the Saturday morning group. So we'll see what happens. Nice. But, uh, yeah. So, what's your favorite restaurant in Scottsdale? In Scottsdale, yeah. There's some hmm. good restaurants in Scottsdale. There are some amazing restaurants in Scottsdale, and I don't. You know, I'm living in Uptown now, so kind of like Bethany and um, and Seventh Street, and so I haven't gone over to Scottsdale in a while. I would like, if you're saying in this area. Uh, Probably Okra was was my favorite, and then they've kind of they've put all their effort into going to another restaurant called Crudo. Um, over in Scottsdale, man, it's been a while since I've been over there for um, Sapporo's. Pretty good going over there for some sushi. Um, that'd probably be my best guess off the top of my head. Um, that's not like downtown Scottsdale; it's more kind of kind of north. Um. Yeah, that's what I got right now. If you like sushi? Go to Sushi Catcher. It's a. It's not too far from where you're at. It's okay. Uh, still in Scottsdale, but it's the size of this room, and it is tiny and just like in a strip mall, and it is awesome. I miss that place a lot. I'll so check it uh, out. Let's uh, let's have a drink. Be, I mean, it's almost bedtime for me, so I'm not having one. But what do you prefer? Beer, whiskey, wine? What's your drink of choice? Um, I'm probably, uh, so probably choose between like an old fashioned, uh, a good, like, you know, Merlot or, or cab. Um, and then I probably rate those. And then if I'm hanging out with friends, it's usually a beer. So, uh, usually an IPA, something, something along those lines. So, um, you know, I, I mix it up, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, if I'm drinking alone, it's usually a uh, an old fashioned or a glass of wine. If I'm out with friends, it's usually a beer. So, so the most important question of your uh, hashtag Wednesday match play is: Do you think Tiger breaks Jack's record? Why or why not? Oh, I know that's going to be a good question. I ask that every single episode this season. That's going to be a good question. It's going to be a very good question. I tell you what. If he wins the Masters this year, and he very well may, 
if he goes in and stays healthy, like if he wins the Masters this year, I'd say yeah. If if not, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's man, it's it's so early. Just if you asked me that like six months ago, um, I, I probably have been way more negative about it um, than than now. I think you know, just knowing um, how well the surgery went you know, on his back and, you know, fusing those, you know, whatever vertebrae together and, and, um, you know, and seeing him play and, and seeing that confidence, it's kind of like, no, I'm starting to become a believer. And, you know, if he pulls off a, a couple wins, particularly if he, if he wins the masters, which I think if there's any major, he goes in and, you know, um, you know, has the best chance at it would be, it'd be there at Augusta. Um, I'd say he's got a pretty good chance. I mean, I think, you know, got to make sure the personal life stays, you know, level and, you know, just stay focused and, um, you know, stay healthy. And, um, you know, I think he's got a good chance. So good answer. Um, good answer. Yeah. And your final question of your hashtag Wednesday match play is what's next. I mean, you've been with ping for a while. You got to, you're new into this new position. So what's, what's the, the immediate future look like for you and what you're doing at ping? Man, just keep uh, keep doing good things and and having fun. I think we got a lot of neat uh, neat projects uh, that we're working on now. A lot of neat technologies that uh, that we're trying to get ready to to integrate into some products. And so, um, you know, I try to not get too far away from from doing some of the research. And so, cause it's really the, the stuff I really enjoy is kind of getting down and doing some of the modeling, doing some of the uh, um, you know the basic physics research. Um, and so, you know, continue to do that and, uh, you know, help people enjoy the game more. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, again, it's, it's a blessing to be able to work for Ping and it being such a just solid company They they really, uh, look after you as employees and, uh, look after the customer as well, you know, just putting stuff out there that, you know, people really need, um, and, uh, and, and doing it the right way. So, uh, yeah, feel pretty blessed to be, uh be part of the company and part of the ping family. So that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. This episode is going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on iTunes and Google play and podcast form. It'll be shared to your favorite social network. If you don't subscribe to the podcast or to the YouTube channel, make sure you click the subscribe button down below. This is the first episode of what is going to be an awesome season of the hashtag Wednesday match play presented by eat sleep golf. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great getting ping on here to talk about what they do. And as always on the hashtag Wednesday match plays, you have to remember to eat sleep golf.